And welcome to The Last Supper, your weekly podcast about art in Asia. People have asked me to talk a little bit more about myself. So I'm your host, Oscar Venhuis, and I was born in Korea, but raised in the Netherlands in a family environment that was immersed in art and creativity. My formative years were spent in the Netherlands and in the UK, and I moved to Hong Kong around the year 2000 for my work. During this period, I realized how my Western education and viewpoints impacted how I experienced the world around me. So fast forward to today, I recognize that the international attention is mainly on Western contemporary art and its historical narratives. So it's important to remember that Hong Kong is the largest art market in Asia and a third in the world after New York and London. In addition to that, Asia is also home to the majority or approximately 60% of the global population. With this in mind, the purpose of hosting this podcast is to present alternative worldviews, artistic voices and foster a deeper appreciation for the richness and diversity of art across Asia. Every weekend, I release a new episode bringing interviews, new perspectives and engaging dialogues with emerging and established artists, curators, gallerists and collectors in Asia. Learn more about Art in Asia with Christie's Education in-person and virtual art courses, gallery visits and webinars. Visit Christie's Education website and enter all in capital letters Last Supper 15 to enjoy a 15% discount. The website link and discount code for Christie's Education can also be found in the description of this podcast. In today's episode, I talked with artist Chi Yu from his studio in Taiwan. Together, we delved into several areas such as the ambiguous roles of the Han Chinese as settlers and occupiers in his work called Settlers and the Unhomely. We continued our discussion about this project, Atlas of the Closed Worlds, a work that illustrates the global development of the closing of nations, and we looked at society through the lens of an alien. Hi to you. Hope all is well, and thank you for your time to talk with me. How are you today? It's good, but nervous because of the podcast. Oh my goodness! Hopefully, your nerves will slowly disappear as we continue this conversation. And I can tell you, there is really nothing to be nervous about. So let's begin this dialogue with explaining to me where you are at the moment. Taipei. I'm currently based in Taipei. Are you based in the city center of Taipei? Uh, now. Taipei people. It depends on like uh, how to say like because it's the metropolitan, and uh, some people if they are really in the center, there's a different ring. Like some people recognize uh, there's the really the center center, and for me my studio it's still the Taipei city in the Sudan district, little outside of the center, and also not so convenient to connect by the metro, but. I would say it's the center. The last time I was in Taipei was quite a few years ago, and I've been there several times, and I have very fond memories of Taipei. I recall it's a really large city, but it feels really, really calm. But let's continue, and we are here, of course, to talk about your work as an artist. So let me ask you: How would you describe your own body of work? To describe my work. Uh, mostly, my art practice is majority in in the in the video, so I'm doing multi-channel video, video installation, and uh, also with video essay. And for me, the essay part, this essay is quite crucial 
of my uh, practice because uh, the, the video is a form of my art, but the concept is always based on the research. So you can say it's the research-based art. So that's how, how I'm working on it when I'm discovering some topic or a certain concept. I'm doing research, no matter it's doing research alone or collaborate with other curators or researchers. And uh, after that, we start to talk about how to figure out a way to present the idea. And uh, for myself personally, it's mostly video. Was video always your preferred medium? Or what can you say about how you arrived at working with video? Oh, okay. I think it's a long story. <laughs> I try to make it short. Because I'm studying from uh, when I was in college, it's the fine art department. So I'm studying art from the very beginning. Yeah, but not, not like video things, not like new media things. While I'm in the fine art department, I start to uh, have the chance to discover more about this, you can say contemporary or conceptual art in the art scenes. And uh, after that, I'm, study, I'm studying new media for the master degree. And from that time, I'm working with video. The work that you shared with me, which I think is also your most recent work, is titled Settlers and Unhomely, the Cinematic Visions of Infrastructure in Eastern Taiwan. What can you say about this work that you developed? Uh, yeah, that is an article. We de- uh, it's actually, we, I'm the co-writer on this article, and um, it's actually beginning with the correct collective project called Pylong Museum. Uh, it's the short name. Uh, with the full name is Pylong Museum of Colonial Settler Colonialism. So maybe I'm starting with the name of Pylong because Pylong is, I'm not sure the name used in any other place, uh, but it's in Taiwan, like nowadays, it's more like in a daily life when you encounter an indigenous people and they will use this name to call Han Chinese, like the majority of Taiwanese. When you are not, not indigenous, it's pretty high percentage, you are Bailan. But the, the name actually uh, was history. Not a long time, maybe since like the 16th century, when Han people encounter with indigenous, when it's happened, Indigenous people, they use, they borrow this name, Bailang. It's actually borrowed from Chinese Hokkien. Sorry, just use Taiwanese Hokkien. <laughs> it's actually they borrow from the Taiwanese Hokkien. This Bailang actually means the bad guy or the villain on the meaning. So we can imagine like what happened of this encounter experience from the indigenous perspective. And so they decide to borrow this name, Pailang, to call all of the Han people. But nowadays, it's more become a mutual words to call when you are non-indigenous in Taiwan. Or if you are Han Chinese, 
it's also be welcome to call yourself a Bailang indigenous community. So that's the beginning of the idea. We are thinking about this concept like, are we the settlers in Taiwan or is there a settler colonialism in Taiwan? So that's how we start uh, this project called Pylon Museum. And Pylon Museum, it's actually, it's a website. Like so far, what you can see, is everything's on the website. At the beginning, me and my working partner, Zian Chen, curator and our critic, we are searching like, like the common ground for our idea. At the beginning, I'm thinking about to show our research online. And for him, he extend the idea to think about, yeah, we can show the research online and we can uh, show our concept online, but how about we try to have more connection and uh, with more co-op projects online to maybe to host a platform for the people interested about these colonial lessons issues and uh, also yeah it doesn't matter uh, it's indigenous people or non-indigenous people and maybe we can use this platform to discuss on this concept uh, because that is certain colonial listen you can say some researchers say it's pretty obvious in Taiwanese society but for me for my experience from the beginning till now, it's still more like a debate and not uh, like people don't put it in grounded on this concept. You made a reference to colonialism. Do you mind to expand on what area of colonialism needs to be highlighted and addressed that people are currently unaware of? Okay, because this... I would say it's not what we invented because settler colonialism, it's actually the concept to talk about uh, when there's the settler, they, they move into one place and gradually become the majority of this area and uh, they change the structure of this community. And there's the power structure uh, remains from the past till now. It's, it's the ongoing situation. It's not a common concept to talk about the colonialism, like British people, they go somewhere, they made a settlement and they extract the natural resource and they gone. So it's actually in a different concept. So it's sometimes people will be misunderstanding like okay maybe maybe i shouldn't use misunderstanding but people do having this debate like oh is the han chinese in taiwan uh the the settler or the migration i think that's the the different things it can be happen both but there would be if you are the migrants or you are the settler would be very much different concept and the ambiguous roles of settler and occupier, does this play a central role in your latest work, Settlers and the Unhomely? Let, let me explain in this way. Maybe it would be easier because I'm not a, a scholar. I, I'm, it would be easier to explain in my experience. 
for this confusion, it's actually an initiator of this project, one of the initiators. And so it's actually my confused. Uh, because we starting with this project, Zian's family is actually from the East. And uh, for, for me, I'm born and raised in the North. It's around Taipei. So mostly people will feel it's quite, yeah, you can say in general, like compared with other places in the North is kind of privilege. And I always have this confusion as my father's family is actually from the East. It's actually indigenous. Their family is indigenous tribe of Taitong called Lijia tribe. And when I was a child, we visited my grandparents' place many times every year. And I always curious, like, other people are pretty much different. Even in the religions, uh, they, we go different places. And uh, they, we pretty much recognize our, our families, uh, harm people, and uh, not communicate with other neighbors. But that although the place, it's pretty much for me, that's what I'm seeing. It's pretty much in the center of the village. And also owning an orchard, a custard apple farm in that place, which means uh, when I was a child, I feel like, oh, it's a big place in this village. And I always feel like, okay, how, how come my grandparents to owning this place in this village? And uh, I'm also curious, like, why they... They live in, in the village and uh, not really recognize the, the culture of this place. And also, I, I heard about is that they don't have the ownership. They only have the right to, to use the land. And those places, it's preserved uh, land for the indigenous people. So that's how I'm, when ZM mentioned about this idea, I also feel that there's something... I hope to discover, like to know. You can say it's a family history, but uh, so far um, I, I don't really go into the family history to asking this question. But at the beginning, I'm, I'm thinking to figure out what's the idea of the settler and how it's happened of the settler colonialism. In the written piece or the article that is online uh, of settlers and the unhomely you talk about the continuous friction between modernization the collision between settlers and occupiers the examples in the article are mostly historical references how does the settler and occupier play a role in today's Taiwanese society or how would you describe the situation today I think it's a quite delicate I mean the the question if I'm gonna answer this there's many tiny things and maybe I'm not the, the best one to answer in this because while we are doing this project and also with this online platform, uh, like recently, in just recently, like it's happened like a couple of weeks ago, one, one week ago, we just try to get in contact with, uh, with some person we feel like maybe he or she are suitable to collaborate and write something for this platform. Uh, because at the beginning, we had this idea, we're going to contact the researcher or the writer of the indigenous first. And the, the, with this idea, it's because in nowadays, like, the indigenous art happening in Taiwan is actually, it's common sense. It it's happens in many places. 
there's no problem for them to express themselves, even in the art, art field. But for art critic or for film critic, uh, this thing would be a little rare to see it. So we're thinking maybe this platform can provide, the, yeah, you can say the, the, to provide some opportunity on this part. So that's what happened. Like we find many people, they are mostly they are indigenous. They are pointing out the discrimination or micro discrimination happen in daily life on their social media account. And uh, they are working on it for quite serious. And for them, it's the first issue they want to deal with. So while we are talking with them, they, they think this art critique or the film critique is not a priority for them. I think it still happened, and uh, I'm not a person to answer how, how this discrimination happens, uh, because I think that they are the, the suitable person to say that, yeah, it still happened, and there's many cases, and they can talk into the really detail. During the process of developing or making this project, what learnings have emerged for you? For this concept, at the very beginning, for me, I, I would describe it as a sensitive issues in, in Taiwan when we are the majority and to have this idea to blend everyone, the majority, the, the 90%, more than 90% of Taiwanese are actually being the I mean, to raise the conflict and to talk about this injustice still happens nowadays. Maybe explain a bit about our new coming article. It's happened in the history, right? But also, I think there, there's some way like to connect with the issue nowadays, especially for the transportation infrastructure. I have a small favor to ask that will make a big impact. The Last Supper is offered to you at zero cost. And if you like this show about art in Asia, give this podcast a star rating or subscribe to this podcast channel. Many thanks and let's continue. Now, let's talk about another project you did in 221, which is also known as Atlas of the Closed Worlds. Beside the title, which to me is really captivating and mysterious, what can you tell me how this project came into fruition? Atlas of the Closed World is the project, research project. I'm working with curator and art critic Zian Chen. And uh, on this project, I'm the person to ask him for the research job. And the beginning, I have this idea. It actually happens even earlier, around 2018, around that time. Uh, it happens quite many things around the world also affects on the, the atmosphere for the whole society is, is changing for the globalization happens in the US, in UK, in Europe, and uh, it's happened in Taiwan as well. So that's the, at the beginning, then, then these issues have effects on on our election and the referendums also. So at that time, I feel like something's happening, like people, there's the different group, different belief, different ideology. Like somehow I feel like people don't like to have the debate, don't like to have the communication. This idea is driven 
everyone's a part. And uh, for me, I feel like it's like, how to say, like, like people willing to be separated, even in the same society, but not wishing to have a common future. Uh, I, I'm thinking uh, that's how I'm getting this idea to collecting all this concept, like when and how people start to have this idea to close themselves. Uh, maybe they are a group, I mean they are, maybe they are a country, and they want to close themselves to the outside world. If you don't mind, I'm going to quote a paragraph of the description of this work. It starts with, this project is inspired by the island rule in evolutionary biology. The hypothesis posits that an isolated environment like an island with a lack of resources or the disappearance of natural enemies would prompt species to further evolve, developing new functions and assuming new appearances. End quote. Is it fair to say you make a reference to Taiwan? And do you mind to expand on this quote? That's how I feel. Like when it's separated, like you, you, yeah, you can say evolve or you develop in, the, in a different way. So even if it's the same concept, it's changing. That's how I'm starting with this idea to think an island is. It can be the close world, one for for an island. Yeah, and uh, for our research, like. Many of them, it's actually based in the in the history of Taiwan, on this island, because even in the early day, like the very early day, for a, a historical record for Taiwan, like most of the record you can trace in the most of one and the clear one, you can most of the trace to, to the Ming Dynasty. From that, Taiwan is it's always been to effect by the other countries like uh, China or or Japan. I think there's the special things like for those East Asian countries in the old time, they always has these sea band policies. Like to they, they see ocean is uh, a barrier, not a connection. So uh, it's also to give me this idea, island can be a, a close word. So what we are researching is more about to, to see Taiwan as the contact zone when there's the, before there's the indigenous living on this island. And uh, many of the outside, the, the travelers, or they, they could be uh, the scholar, they, they could be the governor from other place, and they could be the, the soldiers. And when they travel here, they left the record. And uh, like then you will see like how how they imagine there's another world, the alien world looks like. I'll post the images of your work on the Last Supper website, and if you don't know the website address, it is www.thelastsupper.asia. So to describe to people who can't see it, your work is placed in a small rectangular room with white walls. And in the center, you have multiple items on display. Let's start with the horizontal diagram that's along the entire length of the long wall, which looks a bit like a mind map or family tree. Describe in more detail what we are looking at. Yeah. Yeah. So when you walk into this vision, there's, there's a diagram. I, uh, we, I call it it's a timeline of the closed world and the open world. 
and also it can be looks like a mind map for this research. While I'm, I'm mentioning about like when the, the, the outsider to step on the land of Taiwan Islands and they feel uh, they, are, they are in the alien space. And uh, that's how they left the records and they, with their words or the picture or the drawings. And uh, so that's how we are doing the research to collecting all these cases and uh, to categorize there. there's maybe the tag for all these events. It can be a historical event. It can be ecological event. And it can be also maybe, uh, how do you say, like, like effect on the, in, after that, when it events happen after that, they effect on some of the right to, on, on their creation, become a novel. Uh, we are trying to find a connection between this historical event happened with the, the on the, on the travelogue to the science fiction novels or science fiction movies to find a connection between these two because it's more for our research to feel like this colonial experience is more like the ancestor of the science fiction stories. They are based on the same concept. They travel far to other places. doesn't matter they travel in the space or in the oceans and step on the alien worlds. And at the beginning, they will feel the air is poisoned. And it's also happened in the many of the tropical area. When the outsider, they landed on the tropical area, they feel the place it's been poisoned, the, the water and the airs are poisoned. So we found many of the connection between these two different journals of the only literature. Um, so that's how we make the tag. That's the tag of the uh, myosmia, uh, a tag of uh, engineering, a tag of the, the contact, and the tag of the forest. So beginning on this diagram, starting with all this tag, uh, it's actually the 10 tag for in total. And they, they have the, the starting point of the sacred trees being grew up on the islands. And after that, going with all different ecological and historical events and uh, to see this connection from these events and to the other novels. Maybe they are not directly be affected but we found there's some certain type of connection and we will draw the line to link it together. And that the, the last event is the COVID-19. And also this suspicion is showed in the, uh, you can say that this, uh, on, on this period. Yeah. Part of the exhibition was also a series of 10 minute videos that were randomized. What can you share with me how you developed these clips? And the video, the video is, I filmed it when I'm having a trip around the island and uh, it's under the global lockdown uh, at the period. So when we are doing the research, we find there's the, because when is the contact zone, there, there's the actual contact place for the event. So I visit 
all those places and to try to figure out like how it's happened or what is remained. So it's actually, there's the video uh, of the explanation for all the text. So when you see in this three channel video, it's actually would be random rice play the different footage of this explanation of the text. Because we made a, and then in this video, we will combine the connection what we found the novel and uh, to quote it and uh, to quote it and uh, to connect with the actual place we found in Taiwan. Let's talk more about your working methods because you clearly do a lot of research and writing. Each description of your work is very detailed and thorough. Can you speak more about your approach to a new project? For this project, uh, because when you see on the world, there are different lights uh, where I'm doing this research. So I would say that there's different starting point. And uh, one of the starting point, uh, I think it's from where I'm hiking in a mountain. And because many of these, you will find uh, many old infrastructure remains in the mountain, in the hiking trail nowadays in Taiwan. And uh, one of the ideas I'm starting while I'm hiking in the mountain area of Xinju, I'm not sure you can see in this uh, photography I shoot from the loophole of the abandoned fortress on the top of the mountain. And uh, because the, the photography is, you will see the very, it's a physical friend from the loophole. I've shoot it from inside of the fortress. And uh, that is the fortress actually built by Japanese government while they're trying to control the mountain area for the camphor resource. And they have in the battle with indigenous people, and it mostly happened in the north of Taiwan. While I'm seeing this, I feel like oh, it's very. At the beginning, I'm quite shocking to see there's the, the fortress in the deep of the mountain. It's on top of the mountain, so it's actually quite. I can imagine even in the, in the nowadays, it's it's not easy to assess, and so there will be definitely difficult in the old days. And the scale of the fortress also shocked me. And uh, I'm very interested about the loophole for fire. And uh, because when you see it inside, I feel I'm standing on the same position of a Japanese soldier. So I'm actually on the same position of, uh, it's, it's, that's how I feel like it's how colonialism happened at that time. So, I feel like it's the view, it's definitely the view for the colonizer, for the settler. And when you see from the fortress to see this uh, nature resource in your site, but the site is actually befriended in the loophole. And that's how I like to talk about this case. It's also 
uh, one of the points on this project and also connected to the, the project I'm still working on for the Python Museum. Another body of work you created that I found really fascinating is the epoch of other things that you created last year in 222. For that one, I didn't mention a lot it because it's more like a solo exhibition. I'm collecting all different projects from the 2019 till uh, the day 2022. So it's actually content all all this project like the, the recent one so that's how like it's a collective i think like maybe they, when i'm introducing my work i uh, introducing like the, the project one by one and not not going with this big exhibition and that epoch of the other things actually working it's same period with pilot museum that's also contend with some the idea of the Atlas of the Closed World. What you just talked about and described is that the video installation you made called LED Future. Yeah, the LED Future, it's, I'm working on this project along with the Atlas of the Closed World. Because when I'm doing the research, I'm looking for the, you can say, like how people or how, how a country, they close themselves with, with the outside world. And uh, maybe in the old time in East Asia is the seabed policies. And uh, nowadays, especially while I'm working on this, around 2019 to 2020, there's many trade barriers, or you can say it's trade wars happen in East Asia, especially like between US and China and uh, Japan and Korea. The work LED Future is talk about there's the future only with the artificial light. Uh, so I trace back the history of light and also and how it's been materialized from the very so in the history I discovered there's the forest, the camphor trees. It's the one of the first things to become the material of the image and the, and the light. Uh, because the camper tree and, uh, in the 19th century, it's the material for the celluloid film. And this film can be used by the film stock, like the, the movie use, the people can see at those times. And uh, from that, uh, I'm searching for the, these materials be used or be regulated from different governments, and also to talk about the movie policies, the screen regulations happen in Asia and uh, until the, the last event. It's about the trade dispute happened between Japan and Korea to talk about, of course, the, the events with quite heavy historical issues, but it's end up with the like the, the regulation for exporting the certain ingredient for making semiconductor and also the screen panels. That's how I'm experienced when I'm in Guangzhou, Korea, because I'm having the residency at the ACC, Asia Arts Center in Guangzhou. And uh, it's 2019, it's also the, the, it's the most tension moment when this dispute, when this conflict happened. 
So when I'm visiting there, I saw there's many boycotts. I can feel there's the emotion in this, all this place. Not only in Guangzhou, it's also if you travel to other city, like other Korean city, you, you will see this. There's the stickers and the banners. It's everywhere, the sticker to talk about the boycott movement and the, the banner as well. So that's how I'm shocked by this emotion when there's the materials, there's the certain technology especially for semiconductor and uh, screen panels, can really affect people's emotions. Uh, it's actually go beyond the material itself. That's how I'm thinking to make a video. It's a video installation to talk about what is behind the screen. So I'm showing this in the installation. You see the, there's the screen behind the screen. They, they put it in the road. And you will see like the signals to be uh, transmitted from the, the last one to the first one. You actually see how it's transmitted and you see like what is behind. I'm curious about what is behind the screen. So the screen can behind the screen. It can be the signal, it can be the materials or, or it can be both. So uh, when I'm doing the installation, I made a screen behind one screen and you see there's a road of the full screen. And when you see in the video, you will see like the last image be transmitted uh, one by one from the last one to the first one. So that's how you, you see like when you see the last layer of the image in front of you and you see how it's happened from the far away, also from the past. So that's how I connected with the, all this image production history in East Asia and how it's been regulated to become this, uh, you can say, more artificial futures in nowadays. I think you alluded to a correlation between this video installation, the LED future, and the previous project we discussed, Atlas of the Closed Worlds. Can you explain more about what these two projects have in common? On this project, there's one certain thing I'm still looking for to develop more. It's about the, the camper resource in Taiwan. Yeah, because you can say it's the past, because nowadays we don't really need the camper resource to, we don't need trees to make camphor, crystallized camphor. Like nowadays, there's the chemical way to the artificial way to make it. But before, there's only one way. And uh, Taiwan is also the very important place for the camphor tree in the whole world. So it's happened actually around the early 20th centuries while it's in, under the Japan rules. So this part is connected to how it's happened in the history when people settled on the Taiwan island to extract the natural resource from this place. It's related to the idea uh, of the Pailang Museum. And uh, for this, uh, me and my working partner, we, we, have dif uh, we, we thought about different routes to develop this idea. One is more talk about the, how this development, 
how this extraction of the nature of resource happened in the history because it's not only happened in Taiwan and in that period, in all other places, it's all happened like how people to use the natural resource. And that's how it became like now we would say we are in the Anthropocene. And uh, another part it's more about the that people still were living with the memory nowadays. This because that imbalanced structure, power structure still remains at the place. And it's also that's how we want to talk about the settler colonialism. When I look at your work, one recurrent theme that appears to be prominent in your work is the connection between the past and the future. Yes, I would say it's more like this. Uh, some people to mention about the, the scale of my work. Uh, because for me, when I'm doing the research, I be fascinated to see this connection from the past to the future. And uh, somehow intentionally to ignore this, the time between this. And uh, so that's how you see like, the installation, the LED future. Uh, there's, there's no way to see the speed of light. So there's no way to see there's the signal be transmitted. For me, I, I think it's more like uh, somehow I'm imagining it's more like when you are uh, working on the uh, science fiction piece so that like now I'm going to show you like what is the speed of light and what is the arrow of time in the road of the screen. So that's how I had the idea to make this uh, installation. So in that case, which that's how I'm thinking about uh, that time is become relevant while I'm writing a script or while I'm, I'm doing the research. So I try to connect like the events or the effect in a very different of time. What I find really intriguing about your work is that you continue to work on multiple projects simultaneously or at the same time. This has kind of formed a really intricate web of research and information that through your physical work all appear to be connected and linked to each other. Ah, I, I see. Yeah. Uh, some people would say it's more like, uh, I don't know, they, 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 they would describe I'm, I'm joining the universe. Yeah, that's how, how I heard. And uh, why I'm mentioning this project, uh, it, around the time of 2018-19, I had the, this idea to doing this research and I didn't think about when should I stop. So I'm actually, like the timeline, like the, the mind map, the Atlas of the Closed World, Actually, when I'm working on that, I'm, I'm seeing it's a version, the version of 2021. Yeah. So when I'm working on that, I think like, oh, yeah, maybe there's after the exhibition, I'm thinking maybe there's the way to keep working on, you can say, this timeline, this mind map on a different form. So that's how we start to talk about the Pilot Museum. Because when I'm seeing that, why are the exhibition? The firstly, uh, when you draw this map, it's a flat, it's on wall, it's on two-dimension space. 
So while I'm working on that, I feel that it's, it's not enough to show in this connection like from different nodes. Also to see like different, the, the node should be more, it's the node is not fixed itself and it can be changed, but it won't happen when it's been written on, on the wall. So we are thinking about to, then, then I'm starting to have this all different idea to manipulate this concept, like maybe to make, a, you can say, a, a timeline with in the three dimension, or it can be a randomized node in the diagram. And uh, this part, part of the idea, I'm showing this, I'm one, showing this concept online on Pylon Museum. And uh, yeah, that's how it's all connected. Because for me, it's uh, the atlas of the closed world. It's uh, more like collecting the different concepts of the world making. That's how this become like I'm trying to, it's more like why I'm working, why I'm researching, why I'm working on my project and uh, on other people's view will feel like uh, you are creating another universe as a parallel world from the, the real one. And uh, yeah, so far I'm still working on it and yeah, try to figure out, yeah. Don't you ever have the feeling that it becomes too complex of historical context, worldviews and data entry points that it becomes too overwhelming to the point that it will hinder you to move on or move further? Uh, there is a saying that goes like, you can't see the forest for the trees, meaning you can't see the whole situation clearly because you're looking too closely at small details or because you're too closely involved. Overwhelming, yeah. So far, this concept, uh, we also talk a lot recently, yeah, especially for the research-based project. And uh, I think it's a very crucial point to be learned as the research-based artist. So I feel the comments, yeah, they are from the, uh, while I'm showing the exhibition of the artists of close world, and after that, um, yeah, that's how, uh, maybe get some reflection and to, to, but like digesting, like how to figure out there's the better way to present your idea. And so far, I feel now I'm more focusing on the to figure out there's the every time to bring out one of the idea, one of the concept or one of the story, because no matter what, like we need time to read it, to digest it, not even for the for the artist, also for the audience. So uh, like now I'm more, more focusing um in this year, from the beginning till now, I'm actually doing more lecture than exhibition. So I think that would be the nice opportunity to, because the lecture, it's, you, you take less time for working on this production or a construction of the exhibition, and maybe to think more about the narratives itself. I'm trying to use this opportunity to refine the, the narratives to figure out there's a way you can have a completely world build of your concept, but maybe it's better like each time to show in one or just few perspective you can compare with or one story 
one storyline in this world would be nicer for the audience. Because you are dealing with very complex and complicated historical contexts, such as trade wars and colonialism, trying to understand and analyze this multiverse of strands of information. And again, I may repeat myself a little bit here, but how do you process this without falling into a rabbit hole or getting lost in complexity? Mm, how my brain works? I I don't have hundred percent control, <laughs> so. It's actually happened. It's it's more like a funny stories while I'm working with uh, Zian Chen, because especially on the the project Artemis of Close World, we are uh, we co-write the story uh, of the video. I mean, we we are writing all this this explanation for the text, so we are editing the same Google Docs. So that sometimes it's happened like. When we are in a meeting, I'm saying like from this part it's a bit weird, and uh, why you say that? And uh, he will respond to me like, "It's not him, it's you in the past. It's you like two weeks ago. You write it like before, but you you can't even recognize like now." So sometimes it's happened. Yeah, it's need time. Like when every time. Uh, you have to dive in, like writing something. Uh, I don't know. It's more like you, you need to warm up. And maybe I need to warm up for maybe hours or days. Sometimes happen like this. Let's dive into the last question of today, which is about the Last Supper. The question is a little bit different to change things up. So, if you were to have your final or last supper, who would you invite, and what would your last supper conversation be about? Wow, it's it's not an easy question. <laughs> I don't know. It's weird because that is the last one, but I'm still. I、uh, like to share like something I found out recently. I think I'm still keep the curiosity for for knowing more things. But even in the last supper, for me it's it's a bit hard to imagine. Yeah, sometimes I feel like I'm running out of time. That's all because I feel I need to. Keep the past to completely like like what we talk about to complete the worldview I imagine. So so maybe it's still what I'm going to talk. Maybe still stick with the the current idea. I'm not sure it would be uh that would be suitable to mention the the settlers concept and the settler colonialism in the last supper would be would be okay, but maybe it's a bit. To out of the moon. <laughs> Many thanks for joining me today, Tiu. I'm really grateful for having learned more about your work and research, and all the best with your upcoming shows. Thank you, thank you, Oscar. Thank you for listening to today's episode of The Last Supper with Taiwanese-based artist Tiu Wu. If you like this show about art in Asia, you can support us by giving this episode a star rating and subscribing to this podcast. 
If you have any questions, suggestions, or wish to participate in this podcast, you can contact me on oscar at thelastsopper.asia. You can visit my website www.thelastsopper.asia as well, or contact me direct on Instagram at thelastsopper.asia.